everybody. Welcome back to Filmmaking Ain't for Pussies. Yeah. Hope y'all had a great summer. Here we are, season three. And season three is all about production. So you wrote that amazing script. You went through the script and broke it down and you know exactly what you need to do. Your pre-production was amazing. You dotted all your I's and you crossed all your T's. You have the paperwork for everybody. You cast it. You got all your crew in place. Got your location scouted. Got the food taken care of. And now you're just waiting for the start date. Man, that is amazing. Good luck getting sleep the night before day one. I would take an Ambien if you have one or any kind of a sleep drug. <laughs> All right. I don't want to waste your time, so let's jump into production. Now, the first thing I want to talk about in production, it's kind of a carryover from pre-production, and it's auditions and rehearsals. I wanted to talk about auditions and rehearsals because I can't talk about them enough. Now, admittedly, the topic of auditions is probably a little late at this point. I'm assuming that you cast your movie in pre-production, right? And I did touch on auditions last season. But keep listening because what I have to say about auditions, you might want to apply to your next film. And just patronize me. It's just something I want to get off my chest. You'll understand in just a second. Now, as far as rehearsals go, rehearsals are really pre-production. But I'm assuming that maybe some of you have a little bit of downtime in between the end of pre-production and the beginning of production. Maybe you have a week. Maybe you have two weeks. Maybe you have a little longer. So you're thinking to yourself, ah, that's when I'm going to have rehearsals. This is a very special topic for me at this moment because as, as many of you know, I have my acting profile up on Backstage. Just last night, I got a request for a, a taped audition. So, you know, I, <clears throat> I take my phone and use the camera and shoot video of me saying the lines that they want me to say. You know, typically these people will send you a side, they'll send you lines to read, and they want you to tape yourself and then send it back to them. It's all good. I've done it many times. This particular audition request, the side was actually, I had one line, let her go. And the scene was, it's, it's kind of like a, a supernatural twilight kind of thing where there's vampires and werewolves, but they're in human form. And I was daddy werewolf. And in this scene, I have that line. And then I, I attempt to physically stop another character from doing what they're doing. And this other character that I'm going to physically stop has this power of telekinesis is what they called it. I'm not sure if that's the specific word for it or the correct word for it, but anyway, that's the way they described it. And they stick their hand out and this power comes from their hand and freezes me in my in my place. Freezes me right where I'm at. And I just try to I try to move and I try to break this power and break this telekinesis whatever. And I just can't do it and finally I just succumb to it. And I drop down on my knees and my head hits the ground. <laughs> oh my God. That has got to be one of the worst sides I have ever received in my life. One line, let her go. And then they want me to pantomime this whole thing on video. 
Now, first of all, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to set my phone up somewhere so it's a long body shot of me? I mean, I, I, I don't have anybody to come in here and be cameraman for me to audition. Please. And one line. And the most important thing is for me to convey this power that is holding me back. And finally, I just give up. That's what they want to see? Are you kidding me? Well, <laughs> I read it and I could not push decline fast enough. So there's a button, accept or decline the audition invitation. I declined that shit quicker than you could blink your eyes. And then just a couple of weeks ago, I got an audition request and they sent over sides. They sent over six situations where I had to improv where I had to make shit up. And they wanted me to do all six. Once again, are you fucking kidding me? Now, why do I say that? Because if you have an actor's reel, if an actor that you want to be in your movie has material, past performances that they can show you, watch it, see what they look like through the lens of the camera. Does the camera like them? Does the camera make them look weird? We've talked about that as well. Okay, so first of all, look and see if the look is what you're looking for. If that actor's look is what you're looking for, through the lens, not face-to-face, -face, through the lens, because we've covered this last season as well. What you look like on film can be different than what you look like face-to-face. -face. And if you're a filmmaker and you want to cast this person, you want to know what they look like through the lens of that camera. Then look at their performance. Are they acting? Do they sell what they're trying to sell? Do you believe them? Are the lines coming from inside them? Have they embodied this character? Or can you tell they're just resuscitating memorized words? So why do they need to audition for you? Well, because that's the way things are done, Dave. You audition actors and actresses. Duh. Oh, bullshit. There's no rule that you have to do that. Be a lion, not a sheep. Don't follow. Lead. Be a leader. There is a caveat to this, obviously. If you want an actor and they don't have any past work, maybe it's their first job, but you love their look, by all means, set up an audition. You would be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't. If you just hired somebody who has never done it, but they want to do it, and you're like the guinea pig, yeah, you must have an audition and you must have rehearsals. But if you have somebody, after you look at their reel and you think to yourself, damn, this person knows their shit, then why make them audition or rehearse? Why? Okay, here's another caveat. Depending upon your script, if you have a relationship in your script with two individuals who have a bond, who have a mutual trust, who have a love, who are together, a couple, or best friends, there has to be some chemistry there. Now, if you want to have an audition to bring these two people together and run some lines and see if you can feel that chemistry, by all means, do it. But... You don't have to run the lines like you anticipate them to be said during the shoot. So just go through the motions, say the lines. Don't really worry about too much character at this moment. You're looking for chemistry between these two people. What I like to do is I just like to get the people together if you're going to have a couple. And in my case, the hike, it was the character of Derek and the character of Brooke. And they're married and their marriage is on the rocks. Derek wants to get back together. So there has to be some kind of chemistry there. So what I asked them to do, they were both in LA. I was in San Diego. I just asked them to get together and have dinner. And I wasn't even there. 
And then the next day, I talked to them both on the phone and got their honest assessment of the other individual. And I tell them up front, look, if you didn't feel anything towards this person, if you didn't feel attracted to this person, if this person has issues that are going to bug the shit out of you during this 18-day shoot, tell me. Tell me right now, and I will consider making changes. And I would have. Now, some of you might be sitting there thinking, damn, Dave, I... Sounds to me like you were uh, playing at a craps table in Vegas. You took a huge gamble with that one. Yeah, I did. I did. But I wanted them to get together without me there because they could talk about the script and not worry about hurting my feelings. They could talk about their interaction with me with no fear of pissing me off, right? I didn't want to be there. I wanted them to be honest with each other. And then the next day I got an assessment, a brutally honest assessment. Now, that's the way I did it, okay? But if you're in L.A. or you're in the same city as your actors, if you, know, you want to get together, all of you go out to eat, and you can talk about characters. You can talk about you know, their backstory. That's not really a rehearsal. What you're doing is you're trying to figure out if these two people are going to get along for 18 days, and if these two people have any chemistry whatsoever. And of course, you would do this in pre-production. You're, I mean, you're, you're not going to do this during production, Let's switch gears to rehearsals, shall we? Ladies and gentlemen, I know in filmmaking history, there are directors and filmmakers who wholeheartedly think rehearsals are important. Francis Coppola, that dude would get the entire cast together at his place and they would all like stay there for days. And last season, I told you that if you're a director and you're that into rehearsals, you have self-doubt. And if you watch the uh, documentary about making Apocalypse Now, oh yeah, Coppola. Coppola is full of self-doubt, insecurity. But what I'm trying to tell you is, if you are self-confident in your abilities, you don't need to waste time with rehearsals. Not to mention, a rehearsal, sometimes, you know, you're going to get your best stuff the first few times a character is in this scene or is in a scene. And then uh, from that point on, maybe it goes stale. Maybe it starts to slip. Maybe the, the actor gets a little tired, especially during production. You know, when you're running take after take after take, your actor's going to get tired. But we'll talk about that on a later episode. And that's also another reason why I tell you, if you do decide to have rehearsals, don't ask for 100%. Just use that time to talk about the character. Let the actor become that character. And then during production, let that actor bring to the set what he or she has in his or her mind about this character or the way this character should talk or the way this character should say this line. They might surprise you. You don't micromanage an actor. You macro-manage them. And we'll get into that. You guys all know Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick, did tons of takes I don't know how Jack Nicholson went through that. Because from what I understand, Jack's not a big fan of of multiple takes. That is part of production. How many takes? How many takes are you going to shoot? But we'll get into that. I promise you. So anyway, this first episode of season three production, I just wanted to backtrack a little bit and talk to you about auditions and rehearsals. Look, if you're not confident and you feel like you, you have to audition, you have to rehearse, then do it. I'm not telling you not to do it. 
I am telling you not to do it if you're confident in your abilities. But if you are nervous and you're filled with anxiety about you as a director and you're worried that you might not be able to get a performance out of an actor, then go for it. Have rehearsals. But once again, you know, you can do a rehearsal and not ask for 100% of the character. And what can happen that can help you as a director is you get these people together, you run through the lines, and you're not at full speed. You're not even at 75%. You're not even at 50%. Just read the lines and kind of get the general feeling of the scene. And then stop the scene and give each actor a note. And then run the scene again and see if the actor performs to your note. See if your suggestion goes in one ear and gets in that actor's hard drive and they do what you asked. Now, if it goes in one ear and out the other and they disregard your note, what you just asked them to do, then you're going to have problems. The first thing you should do is probably think about how you approached them and how you gave them the note and maybe do it a, a different way. See if maybe that is the stumbling block for you as a director. But in that case, you know, you are actually uh, getting some experience with giving notes. If, if you're anxious about that, if you're a little concerned that you might not be able to do that efficiently, then go for it. But don't go 100%. Go 50%. And feel free to talk about the scene, talk about your character's backstory. If you're the writer-director, let the actors ask you about the character and you can give them the backstory if you've gone that far as a writer. Man, I'm looking forward to production. I am going to give the movie away to listeners of this podcast because when we talk about production in all these future episodes, I want you to have the movie. So when I talk about a certain scene or I talk about a certain move or I talk about a certain screw-up on my part, you can go to it and see it. So I am going to give it away to you. I know first season I told you I was going to give it to you, but I didn't really think that you needed it the first season. And then the second season rolled around and it's like, hmm, I really don't think they need it second season either. Now you need it. Now is the time for me to give you the movie so you can watch it and you can listen to what I have to say about it and go to that part of the movie and understand where I'm coming from. It'll be helpful. I mean, that's the bottom line. It'll be great as I talk about production on the award-winning feature film, The Hike, which by the way, I don't submit to film festivals in this country anymore. I mean, we, we did our run. But I have been submitting worldwide. And ladies and gentlemen, we are just cleaning up. You know, um, foreign festivals have a category called Debut Filmmaker. So this is my first film. And uh, man, I've won like three of those. <laughs> and I just got a notice from three festivals, one in Paris, that uh, we've been pushed to the next round. So that's good. I will give you details on the movie giveaway. I do want to warn you. I've warned you before. The movie is for mature audiences. If you're triggered by vulgar language, obscene language, you know, there is a rape in this movie, just like there was in Deliverance, but my rape is nowhere near as explicit as the rape in Deliverance. And it's not the conventional rape that you would think of. I've actually been told by women at film festivals who came up to me after the movie and said, you know, what you did to that character as far as going an unconventional rape route is even worse than a rape. And my jaw dropped. Multiple people said that to me. It's like, hmm, 
when I was writing it, I thought it would be not quite as strong and not quite as dramatic as a conventional rape. Not quite as visceral. But anyway, my homage to Deliverance, I had to put a rape in the movie. I'm sorry if that uh, offends you. I'm sorry if that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But that's the way it is. So I want to warn you, it is in there. If you're triggered by those kind of scenes, do not download my movie. All right, let's get out of here. I'm glad y'all are back. I'm glad I'm back. I really look forward to talking about production because I got some stories to tell you. <laughs> look, uh, I don't know when the next episode's going to be because Wifey and I are going to go on a road trip in a week and I'm not sure if I can break off another episode before we go. So there might be a little delay to episode two. But I promise you I'm back and uh, you will get it as soon as we return from our road trip. But I did want to get this out and tell you all how much I love you and miss you. I love you. All right. We're out of here. Later. Later.